So, Paul, on a scale of whatever rating system you choose, how would you rate the original Mortal Kombat game? I I would honestly give it the rare 10 out of 10. Really? I would. Well, that's irrelevant, because we're actually talking about the movie today. Oh. So Mortal Kombat came out in 1995. I actually saw it in theaters. I think I saw it in theaters twice, actually, because I I know people remember it as being this, like, a bad movie, and I can't really say it was, like, great, but it kind of was great. Like, it was awesome, I, I, I thought, at the time, watching it as, like, a 15 or 16-year-old kid. I was pumped on it as well. I saw it on, uh, shortly after it came out in the theaters, I saw it on VHS, which for you kids out there listening, and we know there's a lot of them, that's <laughs> old for DVD, um, which is old for Blu-ray, uh, which is old for a download. All right. Anyway, I've seen it back back then. Let's say basically when it came out, give or take a year or three, and and I loved it. It was it was uh, everything I wanted it to be. It didn't try and be something it wasn't. Yeah, there was something about it that just really hit a fine balance between not being too silly the way street fighter the movie did but <laughs> it also kind of didn't take itself seriously and allowed itself to sort of make fun um to kind of self-deprecate a little bit every now and then but still kind of took it seriously and just pretty much just wanted to be a fun 90s action movie and it kind of did that yes yeah it, it was it reminded me of a, almost like a more violent obviously ninja turtles movie of the day you know mm-hmm. like you said it was just fun the costumes were, were fun Realistic enough, but you know, didn't take it so seriously. Yeah, that's I, I I can agree to that. I I think that's I mean I think there's a little bit of a darker tone to the original Ninja Turtles movie, but uh, Mortal Kombat just it came from that era of the '90s where they just kind of wanted to make really cool action movies, and uh, that's kind of the only time uh, I think it was Paul W S Anderson who made this one, and that's kind of when he really got to shine because he made a bunch of mixed results video game adaptations like the uh some of the resident evil movies at least the first one and uh he i think he did her event horizon so that was actually pretty good too but kind of uh he's he's kind of a very hit or miss director and i thought this one was actually pretty good like if if a movie was going to get a paul ws anderson treatment uh this is probably the be- one of the better fits for him right yeah i, I i'm not too familiar with him um I mean, now I am. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I didn't know he'd he done Resident Evil. I actually wanted to mention something about that uh, movie adaption later as we go on. But um, yeah, I, I dare say, as I'm not sure this probably isn't a really, I don't know if this is a controversial statement to make, but I, I kind of dare say that this Mortal Kombat movie is the best video game movie made. And, and I say that, unfortunately, with zero nostalgia. <laughs> um, it's more just a sentiment or, or a testament, I should say, to how shit video game movies have <laughs> continued to be. <laughs> that they still have, because, you know, again, a lot of this comes down to Mortal Kombat knowing its place and, and the time it was made, not taking itself seriously, the things we aforementioned. Um, uh, but, but it's like, you know, they just, the video game movies have been horrible. So it's, it's not like that huge of a statement to make. I just think it peaked in the sense that it stayed it stayed true to what it was um unlike you know resident evil which i don't take any bones with like i'm not on some nerddom right now like you know how could they do that to the source material and 
what a gallery of rogues, am I right? No, um, <laughs> sorry. Uh, <laughs> with with Resident Evil, it's like it's not. It wasn't even anyone's fault. The the fact they had to make that into a movie was was the problem. Like they they lost before they started because Resident Evil didn't have a whole lot of character development or, or a story in general. I mean, it, it, I'm kind of sorry to say, but it basically was a movie about zombies and survival. And mm-hmm. or a game about zombies and survival, and so it's like you know, you take you, you know, just make a movie about that. You make another zombie survival movie, but when you put Resident Evil on on the bill, then fans of the game are going to be pissed, and people who don't even you know know the game are going to be left with like a sloppy mess of a film. Um, well, that's why I kind of think Mortal Kombat really works, is because it was such a simple story as a game. Like it really was just um, you know they had stakes. So it wasn't. It had a little bit more stakes than something like Street Fighter, where it's just sort of like they're fighting in a tournament. Each character has their own motivations for wanting to beat up M Bison. Like now, that's the story of Street Fighter Two. Uh, Mortal Kombat is more of. Uh, I'm not sure how much of this was really established at the time Mortal Kombat One came out, but by the time the movie came out, Mortal Kombat Two was already out. And I know by Mortal mm-hmm. Kombat Two they definitely established that there was this whole thing about like <clears throat> when they uh, when they win enough tournaments. That against the earth, then they'll take over the earth or something like that, right? There's some sort of stakes to it. And it's not just who wants to beat up the bad guy. So, and I kind of think that, you know, this isn't a, 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 like a blanket rule because obviously Street Fighter 2 kind of didn't do very well. I mean, that, that's a whole other story. They, there is turned out to be a fun movie in hindsight, but not at the time that it came out. Um, it's objectively <laughs> not that great. But Mortal Kombat is kind of... Because it had such a thin story to begin with, it kind of lends itself for the movie to flesh it out a little bit the way they want, as opposed to taking a movie that's really rich in story and has like hundreds of hours of plot that you have to condense into two. Right. You're going to lose so much out of the experience of, you know, 40 hour game of, you know, plot and story uh, compared to if you have like, well, here's a simple idea. Let's turn this into something. Yes, no, that's well put, and I, I think I kind of thought about this as well, and it, it made me almost conclude that it's a, it's a bit ironic or strange that Mortal Kombat really does stand as one of the best video game movies made, again, in my opinion, uh, but it's almost strange that it, it, it's based off of such a simple, simple game, like one, one that we would struggle to, you know, make an episode out of, because there's, there's no story, really. It's, you know, mm-hmm. it's hard to talk about just fighting for, for that long, um, <laughs> at, least for, at least for me. But, but um, yeah, you know, no. something that's just so thin on story, and they made it into a, a, a great movie staying within, you know, its, its boundaries. And then there's other video game movies based on games with, like you said, tens of hours of, of you know, plot development and those movies, they never work. Mm-hmm. Um, in my opinion, I know, you know, kind of being blanket statement harsh, but you know, there, there's no interactivity in a, in a movie. And, you know, that's kind of when you lose uh, touch with the game it came from, you know, yeah. how do you, how do you take something that depends on interactivity and make it into a movie is really hard. So anyway, yeah, Mortal Kombat kind of cracked that code by just taking something simple and having fun with it. Mm-hmm. And you just a little caveat to my statement that this is the best i i admit i haven't actually seen i I don't think i've seen a video game adaptation at least 10 years at least it's probably a little bit more than that so that's actually true for me too yeah Yeah. so there's there's stuff now that's coming out which looks interesting but i haven't gone around to watching it like there's that new tomb raider that seems to have all the ingredients but i just haven't actually watched it so i don't know really know um 
all those movies. Oh, shit, that was actually a really good movie. Oh, oh you did see it? Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. I'm ruining all my my credentials oh, no. now. Because, yeah, that was actually really good. All right, this is the second best video game movie. <laughs> okay, well, I haven't seen that yet. And I haven't seen any... I can't remember the last... I, I think literally the last video game adaptation movie I've seen was probably Dead or Alive. And um, that was, uh, we'll, we'll get to that some other time. But so I'm comparing Mortal Kombat to the game movie adaptations of that era and the era just after. So we're looking at number one, that era, we've got Street Fighter, the movie, which again has, is a cult following. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that we rated it a little bit too harshly at the time that we kind of appreciate a little bit more now. So that's fine. I still wouldn't really call it better than Mortal Kombat, the movie, though. Um, then you have, like, Wing Commander. Then you have Double Dragon. And those oh, were God, yeah. not good movies. I'm sorry. Yes, there's nothing super... you can... And then, you know, the era after that, we went into more of the uh, Uva Bowl type of movies. And, you know, not, nothing against Uva Bowl outside of his video game movies, but within his video game movies, they were not good. So yeah, uh, I I can't comment on anything more recently, and obviously the uh, nerddom, geekdom, fandom uh, has really taken rise in the last ten years with the you know with the um, meteoric rise of the MCU. So there's probably a lot more effort and money going into making games to cater to the actual target demographic of video games. Imagine that. But barring that aside, because I haven't actually watched any of that, Mortal Kombat's the best. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I don't, I'm, you know, in the same boat, really. I think the only ones I've seen uh, in the last ten years would be Tomb Raider Two, um, which which was a decent movie. I never played Tomb Raider the game, so if anyone's like hating on me saying it's a good movie for whatever reason, um, know that I had no attachment to to the Laura Croft, you know, situation mm -hmm. at all. So I just took it as a, as a decent movie. Um, but I did see the other one I saw in the last ten years was Assassin's Creed, and that was shit. Oh, um, was it? Oh no. Yeah, I mean it was it was kind of just it was just underwhelming. Like, it, you know, if you like the game, you'll be disappointed. If you don't know the game, you'll be disappointed. It was just bleh. like it was fine, I guess. I f I think I fell asleep and turned it off, I'll be honest, but um but yeah, anyway, just just for anyone <laughs> listen to get a bearing on where I'm coming from because it's a good point to actually put it in context as you just done. Um but yeah, like you said, comparing it to the the movies of its time, you know, all the ones you mentioned, Super Mario Brothers, there's there a bunch <laughs> yes. out there that were yeah. And um <laughs> and then, you know, I'm not sure what's happened from like 20 2010 20 whatever onwards, but but in the early 2000s they they didn't yet know what they were doing, that's for sure. So yeah, this and it's it's campy, you know. That gloriousness. You know, I, I'm glad you brought up Super Mario Brothers. Not that I want to get too much into that, but it actually did help me put, sort of put a finger on what made Mortal Kombat succeed, where so many others failed. Given that list of the games that came out around that time, including Street Fighter, Mario Brothers, uh, Wing Commander, <laughs> Double Dragon, stuff like that, Mortal Kombat's the only one that had the decency to actually capture the spirit of the game everything right. else completely defied the spirit of the game you know these days there are some people who even actually defend mario brothers saying that oh it's actually a pretty decent movie as long as you just don't really think of it as a mario brothers movie that's not supposed to be a defense you can't say oh Thank just you. don't think of it as the game that it's based on the whole point of that is to be based on that game that you can argue okay well there's you can enjoy it for its own merits and here's you know um if only they had made it something else 
that'd be okay. But as a video game adaptation, you can't say, oh, just pretend it's not based on the thing that it's adapted from. Right, yeah. Like It, it failed to be the thing it was supposed to be, a Mario <laughs> Brothers game. So, if, yeah, I mean, think of it that way, you might like it. That's kind of what I was saying about Resident Evil. It's like, just, just make a zombie movie. Forget yeah. about the whole game part. It, it's not going to work. It's going to make people say things like that. Well, forget that it was Resident Evil. It's still a good zombie <laughs> flick. Like, nah, swing and a miss, mate. Well, once the prerequisite to enjoying an, an adaptation is that you can't think of it as an adaptation, it fails <laughs> as an adaptation. Say what you want about a good movie. It's not an adaptation. If, like... The, ent- the the barrier for entry to enjoying this movie is detaching it from its source. Yes, exactly. And I, I appreciate the optimism in people like that. I do. And, and there is yeah, still a point to be made. But, but for the most part, you know, maybe lead into it by saying, look, <laughs> I know it was supposed <laughs> to be Mario Brothers movie, but it's, if, if you know, uh, whatever. However, they'd sculpt that sentence. Um, but I'm also not saying that it needs to be a hundred percent to the source material just it has to be connected in some way just you know i i don't like it when people say oh well this detail was changed and it was like that in the original blah blah blah, blah. i there's changes that have to be made but almost by necessity if you're going to adapt that's why it's called an adaptation it's being adapted but you can't also just entirely abandon the source it doesn't work like that but yeah, no, it was, that's, the, anyway, those are the kind of movies we, we were getting and continue to get, like, you know, uh, you, you know, even a little more recently, Prince of Persia. It's just so it kind of always a bit of a disappointment. And my point in that was, uh, well, I forgot the, in Mortal Kombat, what's the, the is it Ray, Raiden? The guy with the white eyes? Uh, the Thunder God is Raiden, yeah. Raiden. So, uh, what they did, I thought they did really well, was that instead of making it a really messy movie with, like, getting lost in developing all the characters for 45 minutes and then trying to close it out quickly with a few big fights, and they, 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 it didn't get too sloppy because it was kind of like fight scene, Raiden talks, fight scene, Raiden talks, fight scene, Raiden oh, yeah. talks. You know, they kept it pretty focused on, you know, how the game was, you know, not a lot of bullshit, a lot of the silly fight scenes. I just, you know, they, they stuck with, like you said, they stuck with how the game was presented to us really, really well. Uh, I, mm-hmm. You know, I know it's a silly movie and everything like that, you know, and it aged more hilariously than well. Um, yeah, that's true. But, you know, it's still enjoyable nonetheless. And, and I guess it's it's just odd that, that such a silly kind of movie is still up there with, with it. It just goes to really just keeps pointing to me of what a shit job they've been doing with making a movies. And then again, maybe there's just not supposed to be movies. Um, video games who knows that's the weird thing about Mortal Kombat it walks this fine line between being both cool fun and silly because there's I don't know how you can really replicate this but for instance there's like um, there's this one scene where um, you know kind of towards the beginning ish of the movie so Kano's there and you discover that he's kind of in cahoots with uh, Goro and Shang Tsung and he's sitting at this big table with like this barbaric feast laid out across him, like all like the, you know, all the the meats and all the, you know, it just looks like this, uh, like a barbarian banquet kind of thing, right? <laughs> and just off to the side, uh, it's even kind of like a little bit washed out. You can't even, it, it doesn't really stand out, like it doesn't really jump at you but you'll notice if you kind of uh see at the corner of your eye that off to the side he has this like little pink cake 
and he's sitting <laughs> right next to him. And just little touches like that, I, I thought just kind of worked, even though they are kind of silly, even though they are kind of like jarring and almost kind of break the immersion, but they kind of still keep you in just for like the humor of it. Yeah, no, it's, uh, there was such a wacky bananas kind of side to this movie that, that yeah, it plays into what you're saying about not taking themselves too seriously. I think my, first of all, Johnny Cage is just absolute gold. The, the whole movie. <laughs> he's he's such a gem, such a treat. Uh, like, I think one of the best like slapstick random silliness is he's trying to get out of like a little boat and he's holding like 15 pieces of luggage and he just flops face first into the water. And it's a really good visual, despite my dry description of it. Um, it's, it's really funny. Um, and just little things like that. They gave Cage a, um, they gave him a, a Bruce Willis line from Die Hard, where he's like, you know, uh, join the tournament. It'll be fun. Everybody's. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, whole, that whole bit in, in Die Hard, they just have straight up Johnny Cage basically recite it. Um, things like that. that were, they, were, they were brilliant. Mm -hmm. And he plays it really well, and he plays it very much as we kind of imagine Johnny Cage would be. But there's actually a few things that kind of, um, in order to cast him, they actually went with Brandon Lee initially. Uh, I don't know if you happen to remember Brandon Lee. Yeah, for the um, the crow and all that, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. So the only reason why he couldn't be in this movie was because he died from making the crow. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah, so that it's just, it's just such a missed opportunity because once I heard that, once I read about that, I, my mind was kind of blown. I was like, man, he would have been so good. And you know, he was he was like this rising star in Hollywood at the time as being like one of the next big, probably the next big uh, mm -hmm. action heroes, uh, he action hero actors. And of course he was taken from us way too soon, but that was going to be his next big thing. He was going to be Johnny Cage in Mortal Kombat. That's incredible. Uh, it almost, I mean, he had such hype around him that almost sounds like a step down for him, but, but that's me looking at the movie now is, is something mm -hmm. that's just kind of funny. Whereas at the time it was a big deal, uh, money, all that went into it. And it's ironic too, that you say Brendan Lee, which you know, I didn't know that, but I was going to previously mention that the movie itself, I, I believe the game, I'm not sure if the game, if it was the game or the movie, but one of the two, according to creators was, was directly lifted from enter the dragon with his father, Bruce Lee. Quite probably. Um, yeah. I mean, you look I, at a I, game I, like that, it's probably a mix between something like enter the dragon and blood sport. Right. And I'm, I'm, thinking that what i read it was they were talking about the movie mortal kombat not the game i could be mistaken but they were saying that you know they really wanted to draw pretty heavily from enter the dragon to the point where i, I believe there's actually a few easter eggs in mortal kombat that uh you know a shout out to enter the dragon so that's weird a couple of uh, bruce lee connections it makes sense why his son would would be in it besides right. being a booming talent at the time but um but anyway i'm, I'm i you know as sad as that was uh I shouldn't even say that now because of what happened. Well, but, I know, uh, but you know. I, I get what you mean. Like, as sad as I could have been, the, the actor nailed it. He nailed the part. Exactly. Mm -hmm. But, you know, and one of the great things about this game is that it also remembers to cater to the fans in a good way. Like, there were so many references to the game that were not ham-fisted. Like, they were not, like, this shoehorned in way to just like, hey, look, we played the game too. We note this reference. Look at this. It was, everything was, like, quite well-crafted into it. So right, yeah, dying on spikes. Yeah, there's a lot. You're right. Yeah, so there's like you know they obviously they're going to do fatalities and finish him and stuff like that. But there's also the little things like the um, or actually it's not even a little thing. It's kind of a big moment where you know Johnny Cage finally. Spoilers, of course. Anyone who hasn't seen this and wants to, um, 
you know, there's a finally uh, Johnny Cage goes up and challenges Goro, and and you're, you know, you're it's pretty tense because you're sort of like, well, what the hell's this guy going to do against Goro? And then as soon as the match starts, he immediately drops down and punches him in the in the balls. And it's like, oh my god, that is like the most that is the best way to have included that um, move that he does in the game into the movie and to make it in a very meaningful way that makes perfect sense and <laughs> like, and completely moves the plot forward. Seriously. It was amazing. I, it blew my mind. I just laughed so hard in the theater because it was just the most perfect um, way to use a video game reference in a movie. More than that, a beautiful way to use a dick punch. I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, exactly. And it made sense. It made perfect right. sense to the it movie. Did. It was his only chance. It was beautiful. And the only, if there's one thing I can ever nitpick on that as a flaw, is that in the actual game, you are not able to dick punch Goro. I don't know if Goro has a dick in the game. He's very Ken dollish. You might not be able to, but I know that I've tried many times to see if it was possible, and it is impossible. Unless there's some sort of way to hack it, but I don't, I, What barring that, like there's no, because I think what it is, there's no programmed um graphics for him to clutch his balls and go right so uh they probably just said like okay you can't do that imagine a programmer sitting up all night to hack in a dick punch (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and there's like you know really cool moments like uh, you know i I defy most people to pick you know uh something from any other fighting game whether it's like uh or so not a fighting game adaptation so something like street fighter or uh, I don't even know what else has been made out there other than like Dead or Alive, but again, topic for another day. But it was, they had cool moments. They had cool fight anticipation. So, you know, there's that, uh, obviously they really built up in the movie and we've already kind of knew what was going to happen before the movie that, you know, Sonya's going to fight Kano. So they really built that up. So it was like this awesome moment when they finally get to fight. There's another moment where um, uh, Liu Kang is kind of like wandering around and there's a wonderful shot of him next to like this archway with some stairs leading up higher than you can see. And you just see these, uh, you know, first feet, then legs and, you know, coming down the stairs and you see it sub zero and there's this, you know, the chill just went down my spine. It's like, Oh my God, they're going to fight. This is awesome. Right. And, you know, just all these little moments that sort of really build up the fights that are going to happen because they know that's what you're there for. You want to see these characters fight. So they embellish these moments to say like, okay, here's a cool fight. You know, Liu Kang is going to fight Sub-Zero now. Johnny Cage is going to fight Scorpion now and so on and so forth. You know, and, and eventually you know, uh, Johnny Cage is going to fight Goro and there are all these awesome moments. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And that's such a, a reason why that film nailed it for, for, for what it was the fan service is so important. I think that's something Marvel Cinematic Universe does really well because they they know you know you're going to take a, a movie or um, a character and a hero in that case and and really change it to fit the the movie or the universe better. Then that's going to upset some fans of like the you know diehard source material kind of fans. But then they done a great job throughout all these years of putting in just enough fan service enough easter eggs and counter references mm-hmm. to, to where you know they don't fans don't feel slighted anymore and they're like yeah they, oh, well, they had to do that for the movie you know to keep things going but did you see the part where you know stuff like that is so important because then you can it, i think it gives the creator so much more room to fuck around as long as you just throw in little you know fan service every now and then which like you said this movie did it because i you know i think they included on top of that you know giving us the fights 
you want to see they included like every uh speaking of the the dick punch they, they included every move in the game basically like all the um trademark moves, all the signature the moves, moves yeah signature thank you yeah yeah you get to see them all in the film and yeah it was really cool it, it or at least some makes- sort of like a weird variation of it so i think there's one part where um you know sonia does the um leg toss but it's not really quite clean because that would kind of be a little bit of a stretch but she just kind of like kicks up and then like drags him down so it's kind of like it's there and you know it's like okay no that's that, that's fine i'm i'm happy with that yeah 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 it was the, the closest a human an actual human could do kind yeah. of thing <laughs> like i'll take it i only um, kind of wish um they did have a scene where sub zero like rips somebody's head off and you see his spine dangling down oh that's true <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah no so uh and no it was yes it was pretty great and they like kind of incorporated a few elements like they borrowed a few characters from mortal kombat 2 um you know reptile the the cgi didn't quite hold up it wasn't even that great at the time i'll be honest even then i was kind mm-hmm. of like oh that was a little that's a little bit weird but um, the snake it was horrible yeah or dragon yeah. whatever that thing was reptile he's just reptile oh uh, really yeah My fucking... all right sorry well that's his name said. his name is reptile it's so. not just a clever name, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that and, you know, he's he's never been depicted as that. Um, as far as Mortal Kombat one and two, Mortal Kombat two is the first time they kind of revealed he has a lizard face, but it's quite more literally lizard face rather than this like weird outworldly um, creature. So it's actually the first time they're kind of. I don't know if it's uh, this might be the only time they've ever depicted him like that, but um, it was cool because you know that this was a time when. CGI was young, so even if it was kind of crappy, it was still kind of cool to see it. Uh, the Liu Kang versus Reptile yeah. fight is probably like one of my favorites in the in the movie, and it was just awesome. And the soundtrack, we have to get to the soundtrack. Yes, yes, uh, that was it's so perfect. It's such a part of the '90s as a whole. Yeah, it's like woven <laughs> into the loom of the '90s. That's how important it, that theme song, you know, electronic take on the theme song was, and, and then all throughout the movie was a lot of a lot of electronica that, that was, you know, role representative of the time, and and mm-hmm. still, you know, kind of holds up all right. Yeah, no, I would say like yeah, especially that time in like the early to mid nineties was really about that kind of uh, that um, techno kind of music, and it was um, that was definitely of its time. It definitely fits well with the tone and the mood of the movie. I think. Um, if you ever mention Mortal Kombat, I think everyone kind of hears that theme in their mm-hmm. head. I'm not yeah. sure if uh, you can even mention Mortal Kombat without somebody kind of humming it. Somebody listening just done it right now. <laughs> they're, they're like, dang, dang. It is at least stuck in your head and you're at least going to look it up on YouTube after it, or whatever. You probably already have it somewhere in your personal music player. I, I'm I'm going to bet everyone's going to start listening to that. Um, they're probably turning us off right now and so that they can listen to that. So um, <laughs> unfortunately I screwed up this episode for us, but I mean, Hey, the, the, the music's kind of worth it. It's, it's a good, it's a good soundtrack. Yeah, no, it really, it really was. It's, it stands out as one of the quintessential, you know, 90 soundtracks again, holds up to today. It's, it's just like the song was iconic in the, uh, the, the scream and everything that and uh, for anyone that's still listening if you're going to go download stuff wait a second because I got one more recommendation go get the Spawn soundtrack that one was also one of the best 90s soundtracks uh, they, they, the tracks were all made for the movie and they were half electronica of the time and then half like a like a band like Metallica or Manson or whatever it was a cool mashup super super 90s 
staples. So there, I might have got one or two of them back for us. <laughs> Don't um, go yet. Don't go yet. <laughs> Give us another couple minutes to wrap up the episode. Um, we're not wrapping it up yet. We still got a few more things to talk about. I think. Um, like when when uh like when Scorpion throws them things out of his hands and the CGI shows like a little a little gene opening out of his hand for them mm-hmm. to come out of that was that was a masterpiece of, of cgi at the time <laughs> like like seriously considering anyone listening is gonna run off and look something up after this episode look look that scene up because that was horrendous but exciting <laughs> like you said you know the, the cgi we knew at the time it wasn't good but there wasn't that much cgi in movies yet so we were just excited to see cgi mm-hmm. we, we weren't even expecting it to look real as we are now then it was just like i'm just excited to see cgi like very valid points you know i didn't expect it to be real it was just like cutting edge and cool and yeah always we were like uh you know this is the time we're like hey let's watch lawnmower man that has computer graphics right right exactly Oh God! Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, and you know, I, I guess there is probably um, a bit of an elephant in the room to address that the movie did um, deprive its fans of a f- proper feud between Sub Zero and Scorpion, which is probably one of like, the most fleshed out subplots of the original game. And all I have to say about that is that would have just been another thing to shoehorn into the movie, and I'm kind of glad that they. Um, uh, and I wouldn't say glad, but I kind of understand why they had to kind of just like uh, push that aside. Just be like, no, we, we need these guys for other purposes. Yeah, I, I understand as well, because I, in my observation, I'm, I I'm, could be uh, this is based on opinion anyway, but but it seems like Scorpion and Sub-Zero are basically the two most popular characters. You know, that was the most common fight to see amongst your friends. Somebody would have you know sub-zero and the other scorpion and I, I just think that they had the two you know almost coolest powers whatever it'd be hard to really show them off in a film if they had to split the time between themselves mm-hmm. yeah you know if they're, they're the two most interesting that you should be able to kind of see them on exposition one at a time was my takeaway for why they didn't anyway I, I just think it didn't really fit. I mean, like, again, it's an adaptation. Uh, there's going to be things you have to cut out. There's going to be other things you have to add in for things to make sense. It's, you know, I, I don't agree with people who think that adaptations have to be like a hundred percent accurate to the source. You know, there's got to be some uh, creative license and given the story that they wanted to tell, I just don't think that there was enough room to fit in um, something like Sub-Zero versus Scorpions just because it would have taken too much room. It would have taken too much time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, that definitely isn't, wasn't something that bothered me. Um, you know, when it was over, you might maybe go into it thinking, I really want to see that. But when it's over, you don't think how you missed it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I actually kind of forgot to men- to mention it until about half an hour into this episode. So right, yeah, I wouldn't have been upset go. if they found a way to do it. I just off the top of my head, can't think of a way that they could have done it well to tell this story. I think the next movie they actually kind of put uh, reintroduced the feud between them. I think they actually had a proper fight between them. But you also kind of see how that second movie turned out. And maybe <laughs> we have a point that they should have just not done that. The movie that they told here was the, the three heroes uh, guided by a thunder god uh, to win this tournament. That's they, they focused on it. And I think it was stronger for their them focusing on that story. Right. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I think 
again, those two characters could have easily just taken over a lot of the, the mm-hmm. movie if they, if they didn't play their cards right, which they did. My last kind of thought on it really is, is that it's, uh, it's a cool movie to go back to understanding you'll have to be tongue in cheek about it to enjoy it, of course, but, but it's cool because it, it represents kind of the end of an era. It was one of the, you know, I'm being a little dramatic or romanticizing my statement in saying that it, it was one of the last, um, like, uh, pre-CGI takeover, high fantasy, high action movies. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, nowadays there's a lot of there's CGI where, where it might be refreshing to not see it, you know, in, in a similar way that like stop motion is refreshing from, from uh, animation. It's just sometimes I miss the, the, the Henson, you know, uh, puppet creations and things like that. Like, yeah. Uh, if you look at again the, the early Ninja Turtle movies against like CGI stuff, it's you know I get it CGI and it is it is superior and gorgeous when done right, but I think that CGI in Hollywood is so spread thin right now. You know everyone needs it for every film. It was just kind of cool looking back and again you know acknowledging that there was a little CGI in Mortal Kombat, very early CGI. Acknowledging that you know still looking at like the, you know a lot of the creations that they would have nowadays done with computers they had to do with you know animatronics and you know things like that it was just just kind of cool it was the end of an era before things got really computerized mm-hmm. uh so just to wrap things up i think we've pretty much said everything we can about the movie unless there's anything else you wanted to throw in no that was it all right so i think just to wrap up i just going to say that this uh this episode has actually been a long time coming uh this is one that was recommended to me a long time ago by our patreon richard sampson uh, Sorry, it took so long to get around to it, but just that's that. Uh, yeah, we're we're lazy, so that's the only thing I can really say. Um, <laughs> I know Mortal Kombat is very much a gaming topic, but we are talking about the movie. If you um, if you kind of liked the format of talking about things that are slightly more off topic, we're actually Paul and I have been talking about um, doing an off topic episode every once in a while probably roughly about once a month uh just on off-topic discussions because we got them sorry that was poor follow-up that that was all you were going to say after all of that that that's how we balance this out that's (laughs) that's your 50 50 (laughs) um yeah yeah it is i'm sorry i (laughs) All right. Well, then <laughs> goodbye. Just keep repeating the thought I got nothing in my head and that's all I've got is me saying I got nothing to myself. <laughs> all right. Shit. Um uh, <laughs> see you next time everybody. Bye, don't do a murder.